0: Friday March 15 2019 this episode is for the week ending March 15 2019 so this is a weekend video we're going to go over everything that went on we're going to go over everything that the chart is indicating is going to go on in the future we're going to do that all in this video we'll look at a couple of stocks we'll look at some of the fan favorites we're gonna look at magic numbers I'm gonna show you how and why a certain number actually is magic not that it's magic forever but it certainly was magic today we've got a laundry list of stuff to go over so let's get rolling but before we do let me first pause and thank everybody who participates who posts comments under the video each and every night I love the interaction and you know I love the banter back and forth In addition, if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. The week is closed. We're above 280.40. That was the important number. We closed considerably above that number. That's bullish. It doesn't matter what happens Monday. It's bullish right here, right now. I'm calling balls and strikes The chart is in an uptrend. This daily chart is in an uptrend. We have to always respect the trend. Why is that? Because the trend is your friend until the very end. We're above all the moving averages. We just closed above, for the second time, a very important weekly number. Where does that come from? It's worth the refresher. It comes from the high of the breakdown candle, 28040 Two weeks ago, we closed above it by a couple of pennies. Then we had a decline. Now we just closed back above that price. That's important. I think it's bullish. It doesn't have to be bullish for months or years. It can be bullish for a couple of weeks. I'll get back to that in a moment. What about the other side? What happens if this was all a fake-out, what happens if it was a trick-trap full and frustrate and they pull the rug out and all of a sudden we have a big gap down on Monday or the market just declines out of nowhere, we have a black swan? What is the bogey on the downside? We have to start with 280.40. Any hourly close below 280.40 and something else is developing. It's not as bullish as it was Friday afternoon. Now... Let's also qualify the 280-40. Can the market still come beneath 280-40, remain bullish, and then push higher after the fact? And the answer is, yes it can. We've already seen that happen. What kind of tricks are up Mama Market's sleeve? We'll all find out at the same time. We're going to come back to the daily chart. But first, I want to talk about magic. Let's go back to... Two eighty forty, and why is it magic why was it magic today here's where the opening print happened we gapped down at the open part of the reason for that was a dividend the spider went x dividend today that means that on the open today the stock any stock this applies to any stock that pays a dividend At open on X dividend day, the stock opens down the exact amount that the dividend is going to pay. In this case, it's a quarterly dividend. So it opens down the amount of the quarterly dividend. And then it happened to be a coincidence that it opened and found a low at 280.40. To be precise, the low was 280.43 in both the first and the second candle. So 280.40, give or take, ends up to be support including a dividend or the stock going ex-dividend. That's nothing short of fascinating, if not amazing. And here's the best part. I got a flurry of messages from traders that were buying the market down at 280.40. Well, guess what? They were rewarded because it took off to the upside, as we can see. Take notice of how long the market spent down bantering back and forth around 280, 40, about an hour and a half. That's going to come into play a little bit later on. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Now here's something else. Just looking at this particular 10-minute chart, there are three, three trades right out of the course at Lazy E-mini Trader. There's one in here, there's one right here, and there's another one here, albeit this is at the end of the day, but from a technical perspective, everything on this chart is right out of the course at lazy e-mini trader there are multiple reasons for these trades Now, don't misunderstand you don't have to take every trade that exists that you identify on every chart I'm just pointing out that any trader that went through the course and looks closely at this chart will not only see where the trades exist and why but they also recognize it's the same thing that we go over in these videos each and every night over and over and over again time is more important than price when time and price converge you have a trade on your hands when they converge with the proper signals that are also taught in the course you have a trade on your hands let's go back to the big picture for a moment We know the bogey on the downside, 280-40. That has to be the bogey. It's been seen and it's been shown on the chart over and over again. That's the bogey. What happens on the upside? Can there be a vacuum to the upside? The short answer is yes, there can. Is the market likely to just run right up and shoot up like a rocket up another 100 handles on the S&P? No, that's not likely. That's not the way the market works. It can do that, but normally the 80-20 rule applies and that's not gonna happen at least 80% of the time. So let's just say for argument's sake, we don't shoot up like a rocket right out of the gate next week. However, we banter back and forth kind of around current price. Some below, some above. We banter back and forth. Let's just say that's the case and then let's say they do take off to the upside. What are we looking at? Well, before, when the market was on the rise, we were looking at 283. Everything has changed now. We had what's called a reset. So if, if markets are going to continue higher, there are higher prices than 283. There certainly are areas in between, but let's just cut right to the chase. What are we talking about? We're talking about a red zone. Time is more important than price. So we need to qualify this. We'll zero in on the number a little bit later on if this begins to happen, if it takes place. Let's not get too far out over our skis. But it's kind of fun to talk about it, so we'll spend a minute. Why do I bring up the time component as I'm discussing 287 to 290? That's the red zone. And the reason is because if we find the market up in that red zone within the next couple of weeks, I think that's a stone-cold short We'll make the decision in real time. We're far from there currently. I'm just giving you my thought process if, in fact, if that happens, but it has to happen around within the next couple of weeks. Could it be three weeks? Could it be a week? Could it be Monday? Yeah, anything in that zone is what I'm targeting. Again, let's not get a little too far out over the skis, but what I'm also saying is, It's a zone, it's an area, and what I'm not saying is the market's going to run up there and collapse. That's not what I'm saying, so it shouldn't be the expectation. What I am saying is if within the next couple of weeks, we do find the market up in that area, the sentiment will be extremely, extremely bullish. That's the type of sentiment that you want to see toward the end. End of a move toward the end of a rally I'm not saying the rally's over I'm saying if we find the market up there within the next couple of weeks give or take that would be an area and around a point in time where we would begin looking for a top now let's just say for argument's sake the market went sideways sideways to lower for like two or three weeks from where we are That whole discussion then goes off the table. So it really is time-specific. All that being said, let's keep in mind right back where we were about two weeks ago and a long way from where we were a week ago Friday. We're above all the moving averages, but it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for the market to want the 20-period moving average or home base to catch up a little bit to price that would mean we could banter back and forth a little bit. Remember, I said the 280.40 is the bogey on a short-term basis, but it's really based on the weekly close. So we can use it for two purposes, but keep in mind that dipping below it during the week and then closing back above it at the end of the week still keeps the market really in a bullish, bullish phase. We just have to separate the short-term stuff from the longer term stuff and in this case when I say longer term I'm really talking about a couple to three weeks away here's another chart worth looking at we looked at this one a couple of times during the week and there's something I want to point out something really really interesting so we had some conflicting data on this chart we could have seen it either way it was a bullish pattern like this consolidating potentially for another move to the upside or the northern part of the chart or we could have also seen it in the other direction, which we already pointed out, which was like a bear flag pattern, a down move here and a flag pattern that would normally bring the market down to what? The 280, the magic 28040. Interestingly enough, and this is right out of the course at Lazy E-mini Trader, from a symmetrical standpoint, that did take place down to the 280-40 And both the chart pattern within the chart pattern actually one worked out and the other is beginning to work out. So the bear flag pattern worked out inside the breakup candle, which still is an active bullish pattern. It's quite fascinating. What's even more fascinating is that magicness of the 280-40. Before we move on, we're back to the 10-minute chart because I want to make mention of something. I get questions about how do you manage a lot of trades that come at you all at the same time early in the morning? And that's typically when it happens early in the morning. That's when everything is on the move. Inside the numbers members have a stocks on the move section. We're going to get to that in a moment, But here we have a potential spider trade. We had three trades going from inside the numbers. And the question is, how do you manage all that at the same time? It's too overwhelming. And I get that. You know what it feels like? You're the guy with the golden ticket. Only this golden ticket puts you in the booth. It's like... Four feet wide by four feet wide. It's filled with a few thousand dollars and also a fan powered by a jet engine to blow the money around and you're trying to grab as much as possible in a couple of minutes. That's the morning shift in trading. Sometimes. It's not always like that, but sometimes it can feel like that. And here's the answer. You do what you can. You can't take every trade. It doesn't work like that. You take the ones you can And you stay focused and centered around what you are doing and you don't worry about what you didn't get. If I had a nickel for every trade I missed, I'd have a hell of a lot of nickels. The IWM, my favorite market leading indicator. We just got done discussing how bullish the S&P 500 looks. Here's the IWM, doesn't look the same. Again, we run into overhead resistance at the same place we did the other day. The overhead resistance is basically the 20 period moving average, 155.70 was the number we selected, it's basically the breakdown candle high, the 20 period moving average, that's the overhead resistance, until and unless the IWM can bust through that area, The whole market's not going anywhere. We're going to have to have some level of participation if we're going to get that melt-up slash vacuum to the upside. If that's ever going to take place, the IWM has to get above not only the 20-period moving average, but it likely has to get above the 200-period moving average. And I'll tell you this. If in fact we go to some of the numbers discussed in the SPY a moment ago and the IWM ends up stalling out at the 200 period moving average, that would be an ominous sign for the markets. Just saying. Here's an item we discuss quite a bit. What's the way, what's the best way that they can get above overhead resistance is to gap above it. They can simply work their way through it. They can banter back and forth to get through it. They can do that, but it's easier to gap above it. I don't know whether we'll get a gap opening Monday or not. However, I'm just saying that's the way, the easy way, that they can get above the overhead resistance. When markets are getting to extreme levels, we like to look at the VIX for some kind of signal if it's going to provide one. Right now, all we see in the VIX is a downtrend. And I'm going to remain steadfast on 12, 11 and a half. That's the area that each and every time the VIX tends to get down sub-12, we end up with a turning point. Not necessarily right away, but I want to explain further what I mean. Every time the VIX goes down low, what happens next? It goes higher. So look what happened when we hung around sub-12. So let me put the crosshairs where 12 is. So here's 12. 12. So each and every time we tend to get to 12, the market, or the VIX in this case, bounces back up. What that really means in English is we end up with a decline in the stock market and a spike in volatility. So how do you translate that to money? If the VIX drops below 12, you can buy the VIX, but you have to wait. It might not happen overnight. It might take a few weeks. It might take a month or two. But each and every time the VIX drops below 12, you can count on the fact that it's going to snap up eventually, which means that when the VIX is below 12, the market is likely getting to overbought, significantly overbought and important price levels. What's going on over in the transportation department? My second favorite market-leading indicator, it's the same thing as the IWM. This has been a wonderful canary in the coal mine for a long, long time. So I'm not gonna change my philosophy on the transports anytime soon. What this is telling me is, while the market can certainly push higher and the transports can push higher along with it, we have a lagging indicator on our hands. The IWM and the transports are both lagging the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and others. Nobody notices this stuff, but I think it's extremely important. So these are big puzzle pieces. They're on the table. The markets can push higher. They can have, quote unquote, the blow off top. We can do a lot of things, but this is telling me something else is going on under the hood. We need to pay attention to it. They're puzzle pieces. They're on the table. Nothing like a good old game of ping pong back and forth. We go from bullish to not so bullish to very bullish here's a breakout it's official it's a closing new recent high it's breaking out we've been discussing this for quite a while the Qs are actually leading the market i don't like to use the Qs as a leading indicator for the reasons you already know it's too top-heavy in the names we know the fan favorite names the amazons netflix apple you know all the normal suspects the point is we're breaking out They're headed to a destination. We're not at the destination yet. Where is it? Well, the very nearby destination is an open gap right here. That gap happens to be 179.20 according to my rules. That was not the high today. So we came up short of that gap. That's near-term stuff. That could happen Monday. That could happen at any point in time. But what's the larger picture destination? Could they be headed up for this gap all the way up here at around 185, 186, 184 in that neighborhood? Is that possible? Well, if we get that scenario where we have the melt-up like we discussed in the SPY, then yeah, it is possible. It doesn't seem probable. It seems way out over our skis. I'm just discussing what's possible. The market's in an uptrend. We're above all the moving averages. We are getting a little bit extended from home base. So we have to expect that we're going to get some kind of down day or two leading into next week at some point. There's no technical reason why. That's just one of those common sense things. Eventually, the market's going to have another down day or two. That's just the way it works. From the reversal a week ago Friday... That's a lot of points. That was that launch pad we discussed. What's doing down at the financial district? Well, we butted up against the 200 period moving average. Haven't been able to get through yet. Same routine. Easiest thing for them to do is to gap above it. Will they do that? We don't know that. But certainly they can banter back and forth and work through it. You can see right now they're sandwiched in between the 20 and 200 period moving average. And they're kind of pinching together. So eventually it's going to go in one direction or the other. They're going to break below the 20 period moving average or they're going to break above the 200 period moving average. It is what it is. They're not going to stay here for very long. Could it be a few days? Absolutely. But they won't stay there for very long. How about the semiconductor index? The SMH is the ETF that tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, 107.06. That was a gap, it got filled, that was not the high of the day, but it was almost the high of the day, just a few pennies higher, and then the market pulled away from that level. That's normal garden variety market behavior. You really have to look at a weekly chart of the SMH to see what's going on here. Is it possible that we had a launch pad and that we have much higher prices and we're going to rise above these pivots over here around 110, above 110? Is it possible? Sure, it's possible. If the other markets are rising, so will the SMH. What does a failure look like? What's the bogey on the downside for the SMH? Well, Friday's low is a good start. Any hourly close below Friday's low, and they're likely going to fill the gap. But here's the thing, we're above and significantly above all the moving averages. So even if they fill the gap, that still doesn't take away the uptrend. The point I'm making, as we sit here today, the SMH is in a very strong and bullish position. That's what the charts are saying, it's balls and strikes. Let's take a detour and talk inside the numbers. There's good stuff in here. So let's start with the pre-market morning notes. So this comes out sub 9 a.m. in the morning. It's available before 9 a.m. That's long before the market opens. The first thing is we discussed the dividend in the SPY. Everybody's aware. Happy Friday. The grind higher continues. Here's the meat and potatoes. This morning, it appears the ES is intending to pay a visit into the 2830s. Remember that. We're going to go back to the charts later, but remember that number. Now, go back to the 10-minute chart of the spider, and remember when I said how long the market bantered back and forth around 280-40. It was about an hour and a half. So now, keep in mind, this is out before that takes place. Reminder, Fridays are generally light-volume sleeper markets after the first 90 minutes of the day or less. Today happens to be quadruple witching options expiration, so there could be some extra activity going on, rebalancing, so on and so forth. It's an awareness. I want everybody to be aware of all the possibilities, all the things that are going on before the market even opens for business. More meat and potatoes. Let's scroll up a little bit. What's the bogey for this morning? The ES has to stay above 2820. That's what they have to stay above to keep the band playing on. As long as they remain in bull mode, they'll make a run for 2830 to 2835. Keep that in mind. That happened to be around the high of the day. Now here's where it really gets slick. How does it normally happen? Quick shakeout of the Johnny-come-lates. Once they're out, the push begins. Will it be normal? I wish I knew. Just saying what's more common than not. The point is, is that they did shake out the Johnny-come-lates, they bantered back and forth, and then they took off after the first 90 minutes of the trading session. We always give the other side, what happens if the ES drops below and closes hourly below 2820. Bears take the ball and we're right back down where we were the day before. That didn't happen, but we have to have an awareness of both sides. Closing out the week strong could create another vacuum to the upside. So I'm already discussing this in the pre-market. We don't know that it's going to happen, but it's all in the spirit of an awareness. Then we continue on. We didn't have any morning gap trades this morning, but we had a few stocks on the move. Three out of the six stocks on the move hit their target entries today. We're going to look at the charts Some of these numbers end up to be, in and of themselves, magical on this day or on the day that these are provided. We'll take note of HEAR, Oracle, and ADBE, which is Adobe. We'll take note of the targets and we'll look at the charts. Continuing on, we always give the important numbers. We give the ES numbers, translated to the SPY numbers, and we also give the crude oil numbers for our crude oil traders. Take note of 2836 on the chart. That was an important number. That was around the high of the day. Here is the chart of the SP e mini futures contract. It's the same as the SPY, but the SPY numbers are skewed because of the dividend, but the magic number worked. Go figure that one out. But the high of the day here was 2836.50. How about the stocks on the move? How about H E A R? So we had two targets. And when we have two targets that are relatively close together, the suggestion is traders can take a partial position at the first target and add if the stock continues to the second target. 1375, the stock didn't blink. It really just fired right through that, right down to the 1327. But you can see what happened after that. As soon as it hit 1327, it was right back almost to 14 and a quarter within minutes. And then after that took place, you can see how that 1375 area did find some importance. After all, it was supportive of the market for a while. Then it broke down later on. But you can see the importance of these numbers. That's all that I want to display is the importance of these numbers. Look where the stock closed yesterday. The stock closed at 16 and a quarter. It's getting killed and we nail it for a quick trade. Here's Oracle. It also looks like it cut through the first target like a hot knife through butter, but that's not the case of Adobe. So we'll look at it from a different perspective. How about a one-minute chart? The prior trading day, the stock closes above 267. It's getting whacked at the open. We identify two targets: 254.73, 252.15. Now look what happens. The first target, in the first minute of the day, it comes in, hits the target, and by the third minute of the day, is already at a high of two fifty-seven fifty. If you're a day trader, and you're looking for quick scalp trades, that was your ticket. It's the same $0.25, $0.30 cents you're looking for on a $25 stock. Everything is relative. If you're focused on the day trade aspect and the hourly closes where the stops are located... Look what happened at the second target, 252.15. What's the low? 252.15. Now look at it from this perspective. 252.15, the second target, within the first 10 minutes of the day, came back for a retest or two, but when the market took off, so did Adobe, finished at 258. Pretty remarkable. Handed out at 9 o'clock in the morning. You think that's slick? Wait till you see this one. About Oracle, right off the stocks on the move list, $51.05 was the target. The stock made a low of $51 even, took off like a bat out of hell to the upside. The stock closed the day before at $53.04, getting somewhat of a haircut at the open, headed for a destination, found the destination, turned around and went the other way. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, when they hit the destination, they're going to turn around and go back the other way. At least to give you a scalp slash day trade. Now, these aren't hard numbers. I'm not saying you're going to win 80% of the time. I'm just saying the numbers are working. We have to continue the conversation on Apple. It was a very positive and bullish close for Apple. We really closed higher than i would have expected we closed above this pivot high here that high is 184.94 we'll call it 185 that was my target 185 we closed at 186 that tells me that apple wants to get to 190 doesn't have to happen all in one bite trick trap fool and frustrate of course however it's been on a mission of late it's been relentless since last friday it has a destination in mind It's at least 190 or slightly above is the 200 period moving average. I've got a trend line on the chart at 193.50. On a spike through 190, 193.50 could be an opportunity. That's a real-time decision, but I don't know how Apple would get through 193.50 on the first hit. That's if it hit it. We'll see. But I know there's a lot of holders of Apple out there. There's a lot of lovers of Apple. Apple makes great products. Everybody gets that. So I know there's a lot of love for Apple. There's a lot of folks out there that want to see Apple rise. I'm all for it. Let it go higher. And on that note, we're going to give it a wrap. I'm out of wind. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense